I'm going to pray now, and then I'm going to get to my notes and explain what's happening today. All right. Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you uh, for the work that you're doing in our midst. We thank you for the work that you're doing uh, globally around uh, the world. We thank you that you are a God of all nations and all people groups. And so, Father, we are uh, just thankful that we can participate with you. Father, I thank you uh, for uh, allowing our church to be involved in, in a global way with the Great Commission. And so, Father, we pray that you would use today, Lord, to, to help us in our thinking and our understanding about what you are doing around the world. And I just thank you uh, for, for lining up this Sunday. It was not at all my plan of how this is unfolding, but I'm super excited to see what you're going to do today. And it's in Christ's good name I pray. Amen. Okay, so about a month ago, like the middle of June, Chris and Andrea, where are you guys at? They're right here, front and center. Um, raise your hands high because I'm going to reference them a couple times throughout the day. So you'll need to know who they are. Everybody look at them. I said I, I said I, they didn't want to speak, but I didn't say I wouldn't like embarrass them over. I just want everybody to know where they are. They are, I don't want to say they're to blame for today, but, <laughs> but so back in June, they reach out to me and they say, we have a friend that we met while we were serving in Italy who is going to be in Valley Center this coming Thursday. They tell me about the guy. I'm like, this is fascinating. So there's a wonderful opportunity to see them. They're, they, they, you're welcome to go to their home and to meet this guy. I'm like, I'm super excited for this. I'm all set to go. And I'm like, oh, man, I volunteered for, for going out to Camp Julian Oaks this week to go serve with the foster kids. And I'm like, maybe this is my out. And God's like, no, 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 you're supposed to go to Camp Julian Oaks still. Don't, you're not getting out of this. But this guy was a Muslim. He converted to Christianity, and now he's a missionary to Muslims. This is a huge, like, huge, huge deal. And so he can only be in Valley Center on Thursday. He's going to be at their home, and he's going to share his story. So everybody from the church is welcome. Just you got to let them know so they know who's showing up. I think it was from, like, I think it's in the bulletin, but is it 6 to 9 o'clock, 6 to 8, 7 to 9? 7 to 9. There was a change, so 7 to 9. 7 to 9, Thursday evening. So it'll be a, a tremendous opportunity. That was like six weeks ago. Um, then about two weeks ago, Chris Guest in Romania sends a video, a 12-minute video that's super powerful about the work that they're doing in Romania. Uh, Rick and I and Kronk, who's not here today, we went over there for about a week. And this video is just powerful. And I'm like, we need to show this at church. And so I send a link to John. I'm like, hey, John, it's 12 minutes, but like sometimes you go short. Is there any way you can like incorporate this video into your sermon? I asked him a couple of times. He's like, Gunner, I'm preaching on Sodom and Gomorrah. Like how in the world am I supposed to incorporate a 12-minute video and get through this? And I'm like, oh, okay, you're right. I'm just going to show the video. I'll give a little plug for the thing on Thursday night, and then I'll jam Genesis 20 into like the 20 minutes that I have. Get it all settled into my mind. And then this Monday, Andrea sends me another note. She's like, you can totally say no to this. You don't have to say yes. And it's like, oh, great. This is means, what this means is she's, she's setting the trap that I'm going to want to say no, but she's doing it in such a nice way that I can't say no. And she's like, we have some other friends. They're right here. Uh, Joyce and Herb and Anna, my wife's name, I'll remember that. Um, she's like, we have other friends who are, missionaries 
in Italy. Is there any way that they can only visit us on this Sunday? Is there any way they can share? I'm like, well, I don't normally let people share that I don't talk to. Like, I kind of, like, I have a responsibility to the church, and I take it seriously. I'm like, can you give me their phone number, and, like, I'll see how that goes. It went well, so they're going to share a little bit. After the 12-minute video, they're going to share, they're going to share, and I'm like, okay, I guess we're doing, like, a mission Sunday. And then on, thir- on Friday, I, get, I have a missed call. From Isaac, the guy on the piano, I don't know if you guys remember him, but he grew up in the church. I first met him when he was like eight or nine years old. He was doing, serving really well, and then mid-COVID, he said, hey, Gunnar, can we talk? And of course, what do I always say? Am I in trouble? And he's like, no, I just need to talk to you. And so he, he sits me down, and he's like, I met a girl. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, she really cares about missions, and I don't want to like screw up her plan. And I'm like, you know how I feel about missions. And I agree with you, don't screw up her plan. So if, you, if you're like, well, they got married in April. And so I have a missed call from him. And he's like, yeah, we have this thing on Saturday. And I'm like, yeah, this is where you guys are going to build house. Like you're going to go build some houses in Mexico and you're not going to be around. He's like, no, no, that happened two weeks ago. We're here for a week. And I'm like, wait, are you going to be here on Sunday? So they're over here. I'm not sure that it's a place to share yet. So we're kind of introducing them. They're like Isaac, who grew up in the church, and his lovely bride, who's here, um, kind of introducing them. But even bigger than that, it's a super big deal because for me is that they now are on the pipeline to go into the mission field. So Isaac this fall is starting at New Tribes Bible College. They've changed their name. They're now Ethnos 360, but it's easier to start with New Tribes. And so they're beginning their journey. And it's like, well, are you guys willing to like share like five minutes about what you're doing? And so they're here to share also, which is really exciting for us as a church. Um, and so, like I said before, I feel like God sort of lined up today for me to be an MC. Uh, but why we care about missions is starting with the Great Commission. The last thing, or one of the last things Jesus said as he departed was this, what we refer to as the Great Commission. He commissioned the disciples in this way at the very end of Matthew 20, uh, 28, verses 18 through 20. We read, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So I can't answer the question, why did God set it up this way? It doesn't make any sense that he would use humans to be his advocate to go and to share the good news about Christ, but he has commissioned those who have given their lives to Christ to take this responsibility upon themselves, following him, of course, and by his spirit, going to the, to the, the whole world to share Christ. And so this is something that, that I care about deeply, and my prayer has always been since I got to this church 15 years ago, is that we would care about and that missions would be in our DNA not in just uh, that we sling money their way, but that we would be actively involved in our missionaries' lives. And so I want to have Isaac and Rachel come up because, you know, they're, they're, like this, this kind of is planting the seed for us bringing on a new missionary that we're going to be partnering with. It's still, they have a long journey. You guys can come up, and uh, we're excited to have them here, and, and uh, they're going to share <laughs> about, well, they're just going to share. I don't know if I'm giving them. Well, that's, that's true, actually. But um, 
So yeah, like Gunnar said, um, you know, the Great Commission was kind of a, a launching point for both of us, uh, really centering in on that, the, the go make disciples, but that last part of all nations. We both kind of have a passion for sharing with, because we, we know that there are 2,500 language and culture groups that don't have the gospel in their language, and um, we're, we're just, we're kind of blown away by that, still 2,000 years after Jesus gave us the Great Commission, so we really want to see that, that work finished well, we want to see the gospel to all nations, and that, yeah, that all nations, we know we serve a global God, you can see if you spent any time reading the Old Testament, you see that it, there, all nations is scattered all throughout, and he really has uh, he has this uh, uh, mission for us to complete, and we're we just have a passion to do that. So we're going to Bible school. We're going to be equipped well um, through ethnos, and we want to eventually make our way onto the field. I personally am mechanically inclined. And I enjoy working on things, MacGyvering, fixing things. And it really intrigued me um, a couple years ago when Joe Wagnell was saying that's what he does as an avionics technician. And I thought, wow, you can, you can go on the mission field and fix stuff? So um, with Ethnos uh, and other mission, missions organizations, people end up going to very remote places on the earth because that's... That's all the people that are left to hear the Gospels, very very remote locations. So uh, they end up needing, like, generators worked on, uh, motorcycles. They're out in the sticks. They don't have anyone there. So I want to go as a support role. That's my goal. Obviously, I'll go where the Lord leads me. But um, So that's kind of where I'm headed. And uh, I think Rachel wanted to say something as well, so I'm going to hand off the mic. <laughs> yeah, I hope we'll so. see. I'm just <laughs> um, yeah, so I was in high school when I was working at a Bible camp, and I recently decided to re- rededicate my life to Christ. And there was a few New Tribe speakers um, that came that summer and talked about um, basically what Isaac said: how there's 2,500 people groups in the world who still have no verse of the Bible in their language. And that just blew my mind. I thought, you know, we have hundreds of versions in our, in our language. Why don't they have anything? And I also, at that time, was really into learning Spanish and different languages. So that's something that I would love to do is be able to translate the Bible for someone who doesn't already have it. Because without God's word, it says in Romans, without hearing you can't come to the knowledge of the truth. And so we want to at least give someone the opportunity to hear and believe. Yeah, so um, with that, I mean, we obviously know that uh, we're pretty early on in this whole stage. You know, we've got, on our planned route to missions, we've got four years plus support raising. But uh, I, I just, I really take uh, Proverbs sixteen nine to heart. Uh, it says, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So we have our idea of what we're going to do, but ultimately it's God's plan that we're trying to work in. And um, we're, we're eager to learn 
and uh, we definitely appreciate your prayers along that journey. So, um, yeah, with that. So we're gonna we're gonna pray for them. Like I told them, uh, I don't know. I told Isaac a while ago, and just like we don't know what God's gonna do. But we've always been, like, I've spoken on behalf of the church saying, like, we as a church, like, we, of course, would, would take you on as missionaries and, and be your home church if that's, like, or your sending church if that's what's necessary. You have a sending church. So I think the two churches are, like, duking it out right now. We're a little bit smaller. <laughs> We're a little bit smaller, but I have some training that they don't have. So I think we can pull something off. So, so we'll see. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll just end up Rochambeauing for them. So, but let's pray. Uh, Father, we, I do thank you and praise you for, for Rachel and Isaac and their marriage. It's just a blessing to have them here. Just to, uh, to have sort of a, uh, you know, the, the wedding was in Iowa, but for them to be able to come back to Isaac's home and to just sort of, uh, for him to, to show off his new wife and introduce the new family to everybody. And Father, uh, more than that, I'm just excited about what you're doing in their life and for how you're leading them. Uh, I know that early in the the steps, uh, we so desperately want to know what the end game is. And your word tells us in Psalm 119 that your word is a lamp unto our feet, uh, not a fog light out in front of us. And so, Father, I pray that as they, uh, they, she's already completed Bible college, but as Isaac heads to Bible college, Father, I pray that you would help him to soak up and absorb everything that's being taught and that it would be a time of learning and not a time of trying to race and jump through a hoop uh, to get to the end goal. I pray, Father, that in this, this coming fall, as he begins, that uh, you would use this time to really uh, just uh, help them, to equip them, to, to network them with, with friends that I'm certain that they'll have for, for the rest of their lives. And Father, we look to you to lead them, to guide them in their life and service to you. And we're just excited for them, Lord. And we pray this in Christ's good name. Amen. Uh, love you guys. Yeah. Okay. Let me make sure this gets out of the way. So we're going to ask, I think I'm going to ask Melanie to turn off the lights at this point. It's not for nap time. Uh, we're going to show a movie. I'll get all the stuff out of the way. Um, so for those of you that don't know, we support some missionaries in, um, in Romania. A group of us just went out there. Romania, since the beginning of the year, really, has been swamped with the war in Ukraine, and the church there has been taking an active role. Many of the people that are in this video, it was, it's super neat for me. I don't know if Rick's seen the video yet, but these are people that we know now because we went and, and visited. Uh, Chris is in the video, and this is going to share, share with us sort of what's been happening over the last few months. Um, and so we're going to do that. I just want to make sure. So that's what we're going to do now is to watch this 12-minute video. Gotta see where I am on my notes. Um, so we are we are connected to what's going on there. Um, we are involved. Like we've gone, we support financially, emotionally. Um, now, having gone, Chris has made it very clear that they can always. We have an open invitation for up to nine guests. So you, if you want to go, you don't have to wait for me to go. I can help you get there. Um, so, so my prayer is I do sense that we, there might be like an annual trip to Romania just to check in with them. Um, 
But with that, man, I should have brought some Kleenex up here. Oh, hey, perfect. Allergies. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay. Okay, so Herb and Joyce are here, and this is where I'm going to introduce them to come up. I don't know if Anna's coming up. You guys are all welcome to come up, whoever wants to come up. But like in the video, I don't know if you guys caught that, that one of the concerns they have in the midst of trying to take in refugees is the concern for human trafficking. Did you guys catch that? When Brianna came out here last summer, one of the big hiccups, like Chris, like she's a missionary kid, she's got to learn how to fly internationally, and so we took her in for a month, and he bought a ticket to Italy just in case like something happened. So she got through security, and then all of the bells and whistles started going up behind security, and Chris is like, I got to get back there. So he bought this $25 ticket to Italy from Romania, went back there to have to like prove to the officials that this was his daughter and that he was like giving permission for her to come to the United States. And so, so, so with this, like children are always welcomed uh, to be in church with us. We encourage it. Um, they are encouraged to be with us today during the rest of the like, you know, the next last 20 minutes of the service. Um, but it is a heavy topic. Like when I, when I talk to Joyce, Joyce is a homeschooling mom of like five kids. And it's like, okay, this is going to be fine. It's not shock value. You know, there's something about homeschooling moms that have a way of, like, presenting stuff very, like, difficult stuff very sweetly and gently. And so it's, it's like, still presented, something that's presented PG, but it's a heavy topic about human trafficking. It's still a heavy topic. So just be warned, you know. If, and so this time, if the kids that go to Sunday school would like to go to Sunday school, you can go to Sunday school. They're ready to bolt. And... And uh, Herb or Joyce can come up. I know that they have a plan to kind of swap back and forth, so they're going to come up. Jorge, are you staying? Okay. We'll go sit over there, Jorge. Jorge, we can, oh, you want to sit? Yeah. Watch out, watch out. That's Good morning. I'm going to pass it over to my husband for just a second. <laughs> So uh, just to give you a little bit of chronological background, in 2007, uh, I got a secular job in Naples, Italy, and um, I had been there about nine months, and I went, and the family finally got to rejoin me. I drove up to Rome, collected them all up, drove down, and we're about 20 minutes from home, and Joyce says to me, what are these women on the street? Are they waiting for a bus? And I'm like, Really? No, they're not waiting for a bus. On they're waiting for someone to come along and give them, a, you know, pick them up and take them. And she's like, "Oh," and um, and that was the start of our missionary journey. And um, I just it, it, the song uh, "Trust and Obey" it, it, it leaped out of me. It said, um, "What you say, we will do. Uh, where you send, we will go." Well, Uncle Sam sent me to Italy, but. Um, what God said to us was loud and clear uh, about what he wanted us to do. And so that I will hand over, and I'll be right there. Hi. So um, I'll start at the beginning of this. First of all, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing us this opportunity. And I will tell you just right off the bat what we covet are your prayers. Um, what you just saw in this video there is so much happening in Europe, and I realize there's things happening all over, the, all over the world. This is a really difficult time, and there are so many 
tragedies and heartbreaking situations that pull at us. So this is what we're presenting right now is just one, but it weaves, like you said, Pastor Gunner, it weaves with what you just saw. And so our area, um, well, let me back up a little bit. It's hard to take the last 15 years and consolidated it in a very short amount of time. But if I had to say one thing, I would just say piercing the darkness. And this is what the gospel does. The gospel pierces the darkness. Amen, right? And so the first darkness that was pierced was in our lives. Um, We were married in the Catholic Church. We often say I was Catholic heavy. He was Catholic light. Um, I was, we were married at the Immaculata USD campus down in San Diego. That was my parish. Um, my mom was first generation Italian. Um, my dad been in the country a long time, but we had that immigrant flavor, but church was not an option. And yet seven years into, um, our marriage, we were broken. We were so broken and it was dark. And I had asked for our marriage to be over. Um, But God had different plans, and he pierced the darkness of my heart, and he broke me for him, for his glory, and for his honor. And that day, that night, that it wasn't anybody sharing the gospel with me um, in the traditional sense. It was a 10-year story of faithfulness of people who knew Jesus, who continued to introduce me to Jesus. I was slow on the uptake. And (laughs) that night... um, I was reading my Bible. I had purchased a Bible from the Christian Servicemen Center in Japan. It was my first Bible that I ever purchased. And I was reading this Bible, and the veil was lifted, and my heart was shattered, and I knew what Jesus had done for me, and that he had died on the cross to save me from my sins. And I gave my life to Jesus. Well, my husband came home a couple days later, and he wondered very happily what happened to the other Joyce that was no longer there. And about day two, he said to me, I don't know what happened to you, but whatever it is, I want it. And about a year later, my husband accepted Jesus as his Savior, and we, by God's grace, not by our design, were baptized the same night in a small little Baptist church in Staten Island, New York. And that journey from that point on um, to the day that he received, after Navy retirement, he received this job in Naples, Italy. He left in 2007 to go begin a job as an emergency management um, program manager. He started a, re- a regional operations center in, um, in Naples, Italy. And I arrived nine months later, and like Herb said, I was really confused because on the streets all around us, 10 minutes and Andrea can, and I'm going to like just say your name with that Italian accent. Sorry about that. Um, but all around, on streets, at any time of day or night, 6 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock at night, there were women on the street in active prostitution. And I was confused. It wasn't that I was approved. It wasn't that I hadn't seen this before, but not like this. And of course, what you hear is that they want to be there. This is, this, is, this is their choice. About four years into our time there, I'd learned the language. We were actively serving in our church, um, very involved. I began having dreams. And no, I was 
not even saved in a Pentecostal-type church. Um, dreams were not my norm. And I would wake up in the middle of the night knowing that God was calling me to do something. A homeschooling mother of five with a history degree, not very helpful. <laughs> Sir, really not helpful at all. And so because I don't like to be alone in the middle of the night with my dreams, I woke up my husband, was very happy about that, and I would share with him what I felt that God was calling me to do, and I didn't know what to do with it. So I began asking our pastors, what can we do? Can we start a ministry reaching out to these women that, are, that we see? And I was told, no, it's too dangerous, organized crime. They will always be there. They've always been there. There is nothing you can do. And Herb often likes to say when we do presentations is that you don't tell me no. It's, it doesn't go well. But the thing that was more important is that God was telling me yes. And that's what was important. And so I did, on a Christmas, put together some presents with two other women in our church. And when our second son came home from Point Loma, Point Loma Nazarene, from his first year at college, I asked him to go out with me. What was I thinking? He asked me never to do that again. <laughs> he was heartbroken. And what we did was we just went and brought gifts. I was so naive and so dumb that when we approached, a majority of our women are from Nigeria. Um, the rest are all Eastern European. But when I approached a Nigerian woman, it was at Christmas time, so I said, Voyo dirti buon Natale. I want to say to you, Merry Christmas. Well, Nigerians speak English, so I didn't really need to speak to them in Italian. <laughs> I learned later that they spoke English. It was much easier. Um, but from that time, something changed drastically in my heart. And I came home and I told Herb, I said, there was joy. There was joy. There in the darkness, there in the depth of despair, when a woman realized that we, weren't, that we were not there to take, that we were there to bring, there was a complete change in demeanor and a ch complete change in countenance. So about a year later, there was a woman that came down from Bologna, a little bit further north. We were in Naples. And she was presenting a ministry <coughs> called Vite Trasformate. All of our pastors, except for our youth pastor, who was Italian, they were gone. And um, they needed somebody to do translation on a Sunday morning. So they asked me to translate from Italian into English. And I said I would do that, but I needed the cheat sheet. So I met with her on a Friday night and she tell, so she could tell me what the ministry was about. And that ministry was about reaching out to women who had been trafficked into prostitution on the streets of Bologna. And I was like, I just started crying. I said, you are not here just for the church. You are here for me. And after that presentation, asked our senior pastor, do I have permission to start this ministry? Herb and I were both there. We both asked Luigi. And he said, not only do you have permission, I'm going up to Bologna with you so that I can observe what they're doing and see what this is all about. And that started a ministry called Missione di Luce. That was in 2011 or 12. We're right about the 10-year mark with Missione di Luce. 
Fast forward to today, Missione di Luce is now run by Italians, um, and it's at the church that we attended when we were there called Il Faro. We are back at that church, um, but we do not, we participate in ministry, but we do not lead that ministry because it's important that we turn over ministries and we help to support um, and inspire those that are Italian, in our case, to do the work that needs to be done for the sake of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. About during this time, God called us into full-time ministry. We are not mission, missionary kids. We do not have missionaries in our background. I think our family still thinks we're weird. I don't know. What do you think, Anna? We have one of our children, one of our five with us this morning. I think it's been hard on them. Um, because they're all here in the United States, including our two grandchildren, and we're working and serving in Italy. But we are with TEAM, the Evangelical Alliance Mission. We were accepted as missionaries, um, went to missionary orientation, and then we put everything on hold. I could come back. We came back in 2015 at the very end to take care of my father, who was um, needing assistance. We stayed with him for three years, which is another story. Um, in this whole process of redemption and restoration and piercing the darkness. God wastes nothing. So we went back to Italy at the beginning of 2019 as full-time missionaries working in anti-human trafficking. We started in Bologna, and we moved back down to Naples last um, August. Um, We're helping to support Missione di Luce, but we are also starting a new ministry at another church in another little city near there in Caserta at a church called Celebration. We work there. We do anti-human um, trafficking awareness program in the schools in Caserta, which sounds to Americans like it's no big deal. It's a miracle. We are the first evangelical organization to enter a public school in Italy ever, ever. This is a culturally Catholic nation. Less than 1% of, um, of anybody, less than 1% of the population in Italy are evangelical. Of those that identify as Catholics, less than 5% attend church. But strongly culturally Catholic, for an evangelical organization to enter into a public school is unheard of. Um, and we know it, and we're very blessed. And we partnered with a survivor. Her name is Blessing. So I do the boring part of the presentation, statistics, what it is, why, it's, why we see it so actively on the streets, and then she tells her story. She's a survivor from Nigeria. Um, I want to give Herb a minute to give, his, to give his... This is a very powerful part of a presentation. Um, because Herb is a driver for our ministries. When we go out on the street, he drives, and two women, um, we actually meet with the women on the street for the purpose of building friendship, relationship, the gospel. This is a gospel-centered ministry. We always bring the gospel. Oftentimes, we have MP3 players um, that, if women are interested, they have the New Testament, um, Psalms, and Proverbs. In about, we have it in about nine different languages. Romanian, Albanian, Ukrainian, Moldovan, um, Portuguese, because we have a large Brazilian population um, that are trans. Um, We have them in English. What am I missing? Russian, Polish. So 
we have, and our Ukrainian population is increasing dramatically right now because of the war. Um, but we've always had a lot of Romanian, always, because of the vulnerabilities that exist in that country. But when we go out on the street, Herb's observing from the car, and I want him to just kind of tell his story because it's pretty powerful. So Joyce started to allude to my story, and I thought she was stealing my thunder. <laughs> so I'm glad I get to talk. Um, so the way we work is, with, you know, and the women kind of stand back on the street, and they can be hard to see until they're like, oh, there was one. So my, my job in life is the, the safe and proper navigation of the car, get the, our team close to the women. But once I get... Once I offload the cargo, I try to reposition the car so it's out of the main street and back a bit. But because I, I, I want to keep an eye on what's going on. Um, but that always affords me um, a very good perspective of the interaction between our ladies in the team and the women that are on the street. And there's always this sort of a diffident who are you and what do you want from me? perspective from the women on the street and there's always this magical moment that um, where you see this change in the in the women's countenance on the street where they realize that for the first time in, in a long time that there's someone who doesn't want anything from them but only wants to show them the love of Christ and once that happens it's just like two girlfriends meeting for coffee and it's 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 unbelievable to see happen and and they talk and they talk and talk and talk no I'm kidding they, they talk and it's it's just remarkable to see um, once these women have their humanity returned to them and they have it returned to them simply because someone sees them as a human being with value because they're God's creation and that's it and I could go on but that's really the that's really the story is that these women had their humanity taken from them, stolen, and for the financial gain of others. And that's what we're all about. So I'm watching carefully the time. So we're at ten thirty-five, and I don't want to because we could go on and on. We really could. We have many, many beautiful, beautiful stories of the piercing of the darkness of the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that then brings restoration, redemption, hope, and courage. I, we always want to reiterate that we serve the Savior. We are not the Savior. And because of that, we allow the work of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit to bring the courage to these women so that when they ask for help to come off the street, we then walk alongside, not only in practical ways, finding a safe house, but also in discipleship and continuing in relationship. So there is a whole other part of our story. We don't have time this morning, but we did bring prayer cards, and we would, they're not magnetized, we're sorry. We're just, you know, you're going to have to use a magnet to stick it to your refrigerator. But if you would pray for us, put it in your Bible, pray for us, remember us out there, remember that this ministry that we just saw about is on the front lines, and the ones that they catch, we don't see 
on the street because this vulnerability that's happening right now is adding to the issues across Europe in the area of human trafficking. Human traffickers are organized, they have money, they have power, and they know what they're doing, and they exploit the vulnerable for their own financial gain. So we love to see this, and the fact that this group of churches is collaborating with each other, you have no idea how rare that is, um, because we are human, and we are sinful, and we tend to be like, but this is my ministry, and that can be really discouraging to see, but this was a bright light of hope, so what a beautiful thing, so that was really a privilege to see that this morning, and where's, where's you guys, we will be praying for you. There are not very many coming onto the field. So we will pray that the Lord will just open up those doors and that your vision will remain just very crystal clear for what God has for you. So thank you. Hey, wasn't it a cool day today? I like, like, I did not plan this at all. Um, so like the, you know, I'm still the pastor and I have to ask this. So what do we do with this? Um, I do want to share a Bible verse because again, I'm a pastor and it's really the scriptures that sort of are supposed to guide us and lead us as a church. And at the very end of the Bible, like right before revelation, right before Jude, there's first, second and third John. And third John is literally just like 10 verses. And the apostle John addresses three individuals. And there's a guy in, in that letter that does something pretty amazing. And his name is Gaius, which is, was a really common name back then. When we were having kids, Anna shot it down. I, I said, Gunner, Gaius, I like it. She's like, let's move on to the next option. Um, and so John addresses this man. And so much of this man and his life and what he does, I think, embodies what we as a church are supposed to do. I, in my military life, I went from a, a role of, of a very sort of a, a tip of the spear organization. And when you're at the tip of the spear, you recognize, I think they say for like every one seal that's out there, there's like 50 people behind him enabling what he's doing at the tip of the spear. And I do think like within missions, there's so much of that happening for every one person that's out there. There's a whole like army behind them, supporting them and encouraging them. And so John writes to this one individual, and in verse 5 he says, Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, and especially when they are strangers. So he's speaking to Gaius. He says, For the brethren, those brothers and sisters in Christ, you're acting so faithfully towards them, especially those individuals that you don't even, you don't even know. Um, verse 6, And they have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. For they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support such men. And then there's the so that clause, this purpose clause explaining why this is important. So that we may be fellow workers with the truth. Now, God certainly hasn't called all of us to go out to the jungle and out to these unknown places. But he has called some, and he has called all of us, if you are a follower of Christ, to participate either 
through prayer, through giving, through support of, of emotional support. And so my prayer and my, what I hope would ac- be accomplished today is that we as a church would continue to grow in sort of a, a global perspective and that we would desire to be in partnership with those that are around the world. And so my prayer is that today that this helped move us more in that direction. Um, I hope that some of you will take Chris and Andrea. Uh, I can't roll my R's that well. Andrea? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do better in Spanish these days. But that you would take them up to going to their house. They have a lovely home, and, and this is a powerful story. I'm going to be with foster kids that are junior high. I'm more terrified of that. I would rather be there. But God is doing something in my life that is different from this. But my prayer is that you guys would take them up on this and go to their house and hear about what God is doing through this, this family. Uh, to hear of a Muslim that has converted and is now openly serving is huge. I, I mean, th- th- their life is in danger. Like, it has to be in danger for what they're doing. Um, so we are to be connected w- uh, globally with God. And I'm so thankful that our church is. Um, I want us to continue to love and to care for our missionaries that we're, we're, we're connected with. So pray for them, take the cards, pray for our missionaries every week in the e-newsletter, and the bulletin. There's always the missionary of the week. And so really connect. Our, our world is so much smaller today. All the missionaries that we support, they're on Facebook. They, between WhatsApp, Signal, iMessage, you can easily shoot any one of our missionaries a text to say, hey, I'm praying for you today. It's that simple. It's literally that simple to, to shoot t- Chris or any one of them a text. Um, okay, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for today. Lord, I'm so blessed by what you lined up today. I did not see this coming. I could not have uh, pulled all of these uh, pieces together so uh, seamlessly. Uh, Father, we thank you that uh, Rachel and Isaac just happened to be at church today. Uh, I thank you for this video that just happened to come out. I thank you uh, that, that Chris and Andrea just happened to have some friends uh, serving in human trafficking, just happened to be in Valley Center this weekend. And so we thank you, Lord, for pulling this all together. We pray, Father, that you would help us uh, to really understand what you are doing around the world, what you have called us as a church to be involved in, from, uh, from sharing Christ, from Valley Center to Escondido, to the state, to the nation. Uh, to all the way around the world. And so, Father, I pray that you would put us, put a burden on our hearts uh, for those that are distinct from us, different from us, um, that you would, uh, that their lostness would be a deep burden to us, that we would respond in prayer and giving and going and just encouraging those that are over there serving. Uh, we thank you that you are a God of all peoples, We thank you that your mercy is great and that your grace abounds. Father, we pray that you would continue uh, working in each and every one of our lives. And it's in Christ's good name I pray. Amen.